You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, good morning, church, and Merry Christmas. I hope you had a wonderful day and you were able to tuck into some turkey or duck or chicken or whatever the Christmas go-to is in your house. Regardless of what you were able to eat, I hope you had a great day celebrating our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Well, it's my honour and privilege to be sharing the Word of God with you today. But before we get into it, why don't we pray together? Heavenly Father, thank you for your Word. Thank you that you delight to speak to us through your Word. And Lord, we pray that as we take time to draw near to you today, that you would open our hearts and you reveal your truth to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today, as we come to the Word, I'm going to take us to an amazing encounter we see being had with the baby Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. So if you've got a Bible or device with you, why don't you turn with me to Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. And if not, don't worry, the words will also come up on the screen. I'll read it for us. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what a custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause a falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So CLM kids, as you're watching today, why don't you try and draw this meeting between a baby Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and a man called Simeon that you come across in the temple? And why don't you try and draw Simeon carrying the baby Jesus in awe and amazement? Well, for all of us, these are some truly profound words here spoken by Simeon over a baby that would have been no more than about 40 days old at the time. But this wasn't just any baby, and this man of God knew that. Though only 10 verses, this prophecy shares richly on the impact Jesus would go on to have on the world. And there's so much we can discover here. But for today, I'd like to simply draw out three things we can learn about Jesus from Simeon's prophecy. And so the title of my message today is simply Simeon's Profound Prophecy. Well, firstly, we learn from Simeon's prophecy that Jesus was a promise fulfilled. For generations, the people of God have been waiting on a promised Messiah who is going to save them and set them free from oppression. We can see from this passage that Simeon, a righteous and devout man, who was led by the Holy Spirit, was amongst those who were waiting in anticipation. In fact, it may reveal to him, as we've just read, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And right here in this encounter, we can see that promise fulfilled. I don't know what some of you have got for Christmas presents over the years, I've had some great ones and I've had some interesting ones, let's say. But I remember one year I was in primary school at the time 
and the Xbox, the first Xbox came out. Some of you are too young to remember that, but it was the first Xbox. And me and my brothers wanted it so badly. And as the youngest, I was nominated to go and ask our parents for it. So I went to speak to my mum and dad and I asked them, can we get the Xbox this year? And they said, yes. They promised that we we're gonna be able to get it for Christmas. And to be honest with you, I was surprised because previously to that, if we'd asked for something that was that expensive, we'd normally get a straight shutdown. But on this occasion, they said yes. So I waited in anticipation for Christmas to come around. And on Christmas day, I remember getting up so excited, running downstairs, and lo and behold, I unwrapped the packaging and it was the Xbox. And I was so excited. I had waited for so long. I'd waited on this promise that was shared with me by my mum and dad. And it came to the day and this promise was fulfilled. And although this example pales in comparison to the promise that was given to Simeon, it gives us a bit of a picture of the joy that he would have felt when the promise that was given to him was fulfilled. His years of waiting in eager anticipation were worth it. And we see this expressed in verse 28 as it says that Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Simeon was so overjoyed by this promise fulfilled by God that he was now happy to die in peace. Wow. He had met with the promised Messiah of the Lord. This promise fulfilled to Simeon provides us with a beautiful reminder of the promise-keeping God that we serve. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not one to speak and not act or to promise something and not deliver. He is faithful and he's trustworthy and he's true to his word. And we see here the greatest promise ever given to mankind being fulfilled, that the word Jesus will become flesh and make his dwelling among us. Secondly, we learn from Simeon's prophecy that Jesus will bring salvation. As we go on to verses 30 to 31, we see Simeon's praises unto God continue. He says, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. He said this as he looked upon the baby Jesus in his hands and by the Holy Spirit could see that he'd be the one to bring about the Lord's salvation. He could see something of the rescuing, freeing, purifying work that Jesus would go on to do. And for us, it can be easy to read this and miss the time and context in which it's being said. But it's important that we note that the reason Jesus' parents even brought him into the temple, was to follow the law of Moses and to consecrate or dedicate him to the Lord. And to do this, they needed to make a sacrifice as verse 24 explains. But how amazing is it that this baby Jesus that they were dedicating and making sacrifice for was going to go on to become the sacrifice for the world. That he was gonna eradicate the need for purification rites and any acts of purification under the law because he was gonna go on and become our purification and by his blood cleanse us from all that would keep us away from God. As Isaiah 53 says, he would be pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that would bring us peace was gonna be on him. And by his wounds, we have been healed. Simeon could see before him the manifestation of God's great love for creation. A love so great that he would send his one and only son to restore all of mankind back to him. As the Apostle John puts it, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Through this encounter, Simeon could get a glimpse of the incredible saving work that Jesus would go on to do. But how amazing that over 2000 years later, after Jesus had grown and lived a perfect life and died on our behalf, 
that we stand here as those that can receive this gift of salvation offered freely. And this brings me to the third thing that we can learn from Simeon's prophecy about Jesus, that a salvation that Jesus brings is for all. There was a common misconception amongst the Jewish people that Jesus, who would be born of Jewish heritage, would come only to save the Jewish people. But we can see from our reading today that Simeon had a more accurate understanding of the work that Jesus would come to do. As he continued praising God, we see him saying that the salvation that Jesus would bring would be a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. By Gentiles, he was simply referring to anyone that isn't a Jew. Simeon knew that Jesus' saving work wasn't reserved solely for the people of Israel or the Jewish people, but for the entire world. We also see the same truth understood and shared in the book of Isaiah, which was written hundreds of years before Jesus' birth. In Isaiah 49, verse 6, it says, speaking of Jesus, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Church, this is God's heart, that salvation would come to every end of the earth, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord would be saved. And Simeon grasped this wonderful truth, but he knew it would come at a cost. We see him saying directly to Mary in verse 35 that a sword would pierce her own soul too. Why did he say this? Well, I think Simeon understood that Jesus would endure great suffering in his time and his ministry on earth. He would face great opposition and experience extreme suffering to the point of death on a cross and would expectedly lead Mary to feel great pain and sorrow as she saw her son go through this. But his death on a cross and his eventual resurrection provided a way for all to receive salvation. It provided a way for me and you to be restored to right relationship with our Father in heaven. That we no longer have to strive or seek to fulfill laws that we couldn't uphold, but we can come and accept the gift that has been freely given to us. But church, just as Simeon prophesied, this salvation that we received in Jesus is for all. God's heart is not that we receive it and keep it to ourselves, but that instead we would allow it to spread in our families, in our universities, in our workplaces, in our colleges, in the world around us. But as the Apostle Paul says in Romans 10, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Church, We've seen the promise of Jesus be fulfilled. We've been enlightened to the wonderful salvation that he brings us. Now church, would we be and continue to be those that would be allow the Holy Spirit to work through us to bring this wonderful message of salvation to all? One of the most beautiful things about the prophecy of Simeon is that it shows us something of the work of the Holy Spirit in a heart that is obedient and receptive to God. And this is what God is calling us to, church. Not that we'd have it all figured out or that we'd be the most polished evangelist, but that we'd be obedient to God's word and be sensitive to his Holy Spirit. So as I finish today, I simply like to pray for us. And if you'd like the Lord to use you to bring this wonderful message of salvation for all to the world around you, why don't you stand with me now and open your heart to God? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
Thank you for your great love to us. Thank you, Lord God, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to fulfill the promise that has been spoken for generations and come and be the gift of salvation to mankind. Thank you that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you come and take a residence in our hearts. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd compel us, empower us and equip us to be kingdom bringers to the world around us. That we would take this message into the dark areas. We take this message into the areas that need your light and your love. That you would embolden us and equip us to be your kingdom bringers. And I pray, Lord, that through us, you'd allow your kingdom to come and your will to be done. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.